लेडीज एंड जेंटलमैन वेलकम टू लीगल टॉक्स बाय देसी कानून आई एम सुयश एंड टुडे आई विल बी कंटिन्यूइंग विद द सेम टॉपिक दैट वी वर डिस्कसिंग इन द लास्ट एपिसोड इन द लास्ट एपिसोड वी डिस्कस्ड अबाउट द डेफिनेशन ऑफ पब्लिक इंटरनेशनल लॉ द मीनिंग ऑफ लॉ द मीनिंग ऑफ प्राइवेट इंटरनेशनल लॉ एंड हाउ पब्लिक इंटरनेशनल लॉ इज अ सेपरेट सब्जेक्ट इन इट सेल्फ सो टुडे वी विल बी कंटिन्यूइंग with the same subject and we will be talking about the difference between international law international morality and international comity these three terms might sound confusing at first and many of you might think that these three terms might have a similar meaning but these terms have different meaning and have different connotations attached to them for example we already know the meaning of international law international law is purely a legal discipline in its content and form it has nothing to do with morality ethics or other informal things that do not form the subject matter of law then international comity what does it mean how do you understand this term international comity includes practices that are solely implemented as a matter of courtesy and there is per se no legal obligation or no legal requirement to follow them a good example is of saluting the flags of foreign warships in the high seas what we need to understand is that international comity does not have any binding value and it is purely as a matter of quid pro quo or as a matter of courtesy i hope this makes some sense to you so now let us understand the meaning of international morality but before understanding the meaning of international morality we need to understand the meaning of morality morality is a subset of ethics i am speaking only in crude terms if you want to study more about ethics and morality then you need to study the subject of philosophy basically morality simply means distinguishing wrong and right distinguishing what is appropriate and what is not appropriate as i said it is a branch of ethics still morality has some value based influence in the field of public international law how it influences why it influences when it influences all these questions will be answered when we will discuss various topics of public international law now let us move on to the next topic let us try to understand what is the nature of public international law and how actually it functions so as you know that in municipal law or in municipal jurisdictions laws are framed by competent legislatures there are competent bodies that have elected representatives that frame law however that is not the case in international law in international law laws are not framed by any legislature in fact there is no legislature at all some of you might say that the general assembly of united nations could be called as a legislature of sorts but here your understanding is wrong the general assembly of united nations passes various resolutions it passes various opinions however those opinions they do not have any binding value 
they are not backed by any sanction similarly there is no system of courts as such as we know in municipal law in municipal law if a civil court passes any decree then those decrees or orders of the court are considered as binding and if you do not follow those orders or decrees then courts have adequate mechanisms to implement its orders and decrees however that is not the case in international law most of the international courts most of the international forums pass orders that are non binding in nature even the international court of justice is not binding in nature even if it passes a verdict the countries on whom that verdict is passed may or may not follow it what you also need to understand is that law as we discussed yesterday has a binding element in it however international law it may or may not have any binding element so famous jurist austin called international law as positive morality now why did he call international law as positive morality and what is the meaning of this term positive morality if any one of you have studied jurisprudence then you must be knowing that austin has given his own theory of positive laws according to him law is nothing but command of the sovereign and it is backed by a sanction however as we know this element of sanction is missing in case of international law so even though countries want to follow it even though countries come together and enter into treaties or agreements yet there is no binding element there is no element of sanction in it so that is why he has called it as positive morality to be honest i am not discussing these terms in great detail as it would consume a lot of time if you want to study about austin's theory or why he called international law as positive morality then you are free to peruse various texts on international law and basically what he tried to say was that the meaning of international law cannot be confined in the traditional senses of law and international law is a nascent subject it is a new subject even though we may think that it is hundreds of years old still it is a very nascent subject the rules of the game that countries need to follow are not concrete in nature and they are changing every day with the changing needs of the society now we have used a term called sanction and i have stated that sanction is not present in international law and by sanction what do we mean we mean some kind of force so i'll quote malcolm shaw here he says that the more force is controlled in international society the less legal international law becomes so what do we mean by this more we will coerce the nations more we will force the nations to follow a particular treaty to follow a particular agreement it is less likely that they will follow that treaty or agreement because no country wants to be dictated every country considers itself as sovereign and what it ought to do or what it ought not to do is a matter in its own exclusive domain and no other country has the right to interfere in the matters of another country 
This is what is the general understanding that is prevalent among the nations. That is why use of force is not desirable in international law. Even though we will see in later chapters that force is indeed used in some cases, but by and large force is absent or sanctions are absent in the field of international law. Now how strong or how weak any international law is depends upon the states that are obliged to follow it. If they think that we should follow this international law, then it would have a strong character. But if they think that this international law is useless, it is not serving our purpose, it is in fact hindering our growth and development, then they may not follow it. Another important concept that you need to understand is the concept of international system. As I stated earlier that international law is a separate system in itself and it is a horizontal system. What do we mean by a horizontal system? By horizontal system we mean that all the countries are treated equally under the international law. As soon as any legal entity derives the status of a nation state or a country then it has similar rights and obligations in the field of international law. Or if a country has signed a particular treaty and even though it is a very small country, it will have the same rights and obligations as that of any country that is larger than it. Further, in domestic systems, the law is above the individuals. Whereas in case of international law, the law is between the states. It is not above the states. Another important difference between domestic systems and international systems is that in domestic systems, the individuals do not create the law. Whereas in international system, the countries or the member states or the nation states, they are the ones who are instrumental in creation of the international law. And without their active involvement, no international law could be created. And because of this fact, violation of international law is actually quite rare. And even though we might be hearing in the news or in the tabloids that X country has violated Y international law or some country has violated some international treaty or agreement, still those violations are quite rare and are an exception. You would be surprised to know that majority of the international laws are strictly followed. So what is the need of international law? It is a way for the states to conduct their business in a congenial manner, in an amicable manner. They set the rules of the game in how they wish to conduct their business. In this regard, we need to understand another term, reciprocity. So the element of reciprocity is very important in the field of international law. Reciprocity simply means that if I am doing something for you, you would also do a similar thing for me in return, quid pro quo. So does it mean that uh, international law is uh, all powerful and uh, its violations will always be rare? The answer is an emphatic no, where there are questions of survival. In those cases, international law takes a back seat and 
the individual needs or the particular needs of the nation states they take the front seat for example if india and pakistan are fighting a war then india would try to take actions that are in its best interests it would be less concerned about international law and it would be more concerned about its own individual interest i'll keep this episode short i'll revise what we have discussed till now we discussed the difference between international law international comity and international morality international law has a legally binding element then international comity is simply a practice that is followed as a matter of courtesy whereas international morality is a branch of ethics and it has some value based influence in the field of international law thereafter we discussed the nature of international law what is the nature of international law i told you that the system of legislature that is followed in domestic jurisdictions is not followed in the case of international law there are no legislatures and it is the member states or it is the countries that come together and enter into various treaties or agreements and that is the reason austin called international law as positive morality thereafter we also discussed about international systems which is horizontal in nature and is based on the principles of equality the countries are considered as equal the member states of a particular treaty are considered as equal and this international system is quite different from domestic systems in domestic systems the law is above the individuals whereas in case of international law the law is between the states in case of domestic systems the law is framed by the elected representatives whereas in case of international law the law is framed directly by the member states so i hope i have been able to explain you these concepts i'll continue with this in our next episode and we will discuss two important theories of international law theory of auto limitation and theory of consensus and if the time permits we will also discuss the historical developments that have taken place in the field of international law so i hope you enjoyed listening to the show stay tuned for the next episode thank you